30 or 40 years ago. The truth is that Miss McGillicuddy never encouraged you to ask, do the laws of hydrodynamics actually allow for the theoretical possibility of a sea parting? Of course, that wasn't her fault. She was just doing her job, spiritually nurturing you when you were still learning to tie your shoes. But perhaps you have picked up this book because you realize you need to go deeper. The Apostle Paul says, When I was a child, I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish things. 1 Corinthians 13.11 Perhaps you are reading this book because you want to get past childish ways of thinking in considering the Exodus. If this happens to be you, you should be commended. Whether you are casually interested or highly interested in the Exodus, I believe that undertaking learning projects like these are just part of what it means to love God with your mind. While this book certainly cannot answer all of the questions raised by the second book of the Bible, it will be, I hope, a good start. Let me come back to the phrase, historically responsible imagination, and focus on the last word of the phrase. Sometimes folks get nervous with the word imagination. They want, with echoes of Sergeant Joe Friday, just the facts, ma'am. They might say, don't muddy the waters by bringing imagination into it. I want to push back on this line of thinking. I want to engage people's imagination about the exodus. The best way I know how to do this is to engage my own imagination a bit and then talk about it. Some say that this means taking liberties with the text, but the very nature of reading the Bible actually requires us to connect dots. And once we begin to connect the dots, we are using our imagination. When I was first approached to write this book, I confess I was hesitant. I thought to myself, my specialty has been in the New Testament and not so much in the Old Testament, although I would also say, show me a New Testament scholar who doesn't know his or her way around the Old Testament, and I might as well show you a plumber who doesn't know his or her way around pipes. I am well aware that a good number of scholars have logged far more hours than I in studying the Exodus. At the same time, I also realize that such scholarship has not done a lot to connect the dots on an imaginative level, at least not when it comes to this part of the Bible. Again, I'm not talking about wild, unbridled imagination, but sometimes thinking things through in a self-disciplined way can be helpful, asking, what would it have been like if I were there? Perhaps the scholarly and semi-scholarly genres tend to discourage such ruminations. As a rule, we academics don't like the thought of starting out to write a serious scholarly work only to find that we have blended genres by lapsing into an exercise in Ignatian spirituality. In this book, I am an unrepentant rule-breaker and genre-blender. My hope is to bring the results of cutting-edge scholarship on the Exodus to bear on how we imagine it historically. When we do, I believe we will end up with more interesting questions. This should not deprive us of theological reflection, but rather should help set the stage for it. And that, I think, is the final reason why I believe this book needed to be written, to offer a lay-accessible work that speaks to the theological significance of the Exodus.
Again, since this book is primarily about history, I don't assume any faith persuasion on the part of its readers. At the same time, however, I suspect that a good number of this book's readers will be interested in occasionally connecting the dots from the Old Testament to the New Testament and from Old Testament history to modern-day practice. For those who want to go beyond only occasionally connecting these dots, I would recommend the sequel to the present volume, Finding Jesus in the Exodus. In the meantime, in the present volume, we will largely have our feet anchored to the sands of Egypt and Sinai, with our theological ray-bands fixed firmly on the brim of our noses. No Torah-reading Jew of antiquity would have dreamed of reading about the Exodus without doing theology. Perhaps we could benefit by following suit. Before entering into the subject matter, I wish to register several notes in regards to the biblical text and the history of this pivotal event.